your Bibles and turn to 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 6. Open my eyes. That's the, that's the title of this morning's message. 2 Kings chapter 6. You know, in so many activities in life and so many things in life, it really helps if you can, if you can see things clearly. Um, and that's true uh, in our future. That's true even in our faith is getting clarity, um, clarity in the direction and, and being able to see things clearly. Uh, when Rebecca and I were married, we, we went um, for our honeymoon to Gatlinburg. And there was this uh, trolley that took you up above uh, Gatlinburg. You could ride it up there and there's activities and things you could do there. And while we were, while we were there, there was this big storm came in, um, pretty a rainstorm, thunder and lightning, and so they shut down the trolley so that we couldn't uh, ride it back down, and they, they brought these buses up that were supposed to take people down off the mountain. And we loaded up into this bus, everyone did, and there was a problem with the bus's defroster or what have you. It was putting out a, um, uh, almost like a smoke, and it was smearing the windshield really bad, so you could not see out of it. And the, the bus driver had a, a, a radio there, and he, he was working with it, working with it, and he would call, he called maintenance, said, hey, my windshields, I can't see out of them, all these sort of things. So maintenance comes, and, and, and the guy, all he did, he had a rag, and he just wiped the, wiped the windshield off inside and wiped it off on the outside, and, and they kept running the defroster, and it just would fog right back up, so bad you couldn't see. And going down this mountain, people couldn't drive up and down this mountain, we're supposed to, because it was so, uh, I mean, the cliffs were so bad off on one side, and it was so bendy going down, and, and uh, I remember when the driver, getting frustrated with maintenance, not helping him get it done, he calls in on the radio, just as loud as could be, he says, uh, I can't see a thing out here, he says, you just want me to go down the hill or what? And everybody in the bus is like, no, don't go down the hill if you can't see. And, and that's kind of like it is in life. You don't want to go anywhere without some clarity, without getting some vision. We need our eyes to be open. Sometimes faith is what opens our eyes to take that next step, uh, getting that clarity. And so in, in 2 Kings chapter 6, you've turned there. You don't want to drive if you can't see. That's the tip of the day. The context of this story is Israel is in battle with, with Syria, and uh, Elisha is the prophet, and every time that Syria makes a strategic move with their army, Elisha goes to the king of Israel and says, hey, the army's moving over here, the army's going over here, the army did that three times. And the king of Syria is like, what in the world is going on? How, how is Israel knowing every time we make plans, they know which direction we're moving? And one of the uh, counselors to the king of Syria said, there's a prophet in Israel. And every time you even talk in your bedchamber, he knows what you're saying. He knows what's going on. God shows him and he tells the king of Israel. So the king of Syria decides, well, the solution for this is to get rid of Elisha. And so he finds out where Elisha's at, and he sends his army to encamp this city, Dathan. In verse, we'll pick up the story now in verse 14. 
The Bible says, Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What are we going to do? Look at this. city's been surrounded by an army, the army of the Syrians. What are we going to do? And the prophet, Elisha, says to his servant, and he answered him, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Verse 17. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he might see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Can you picture that? Aren't you glad that our chariots and our horsemen, they're on fire. Chariots of fire. That's kind of like an extra bonus in warfare, isn't it? If your chariot's on fire and flaming, it just looks much, that much cooler, doesn't it? He said, they that be with us. But you know what? It took faith. It took the eye. It took God opening our eyes. You know, sometimes uh, if you watch the news or what have you, you, you could start looking around in the world today and say, oh man, this is discouraging. Look at it. It seems like the things aren't going well from every direction. And what's going on? But you know what? If we, look, if we really think about it, God can, God can, God's in control. God can take care of anything. They that be with us are more than their... He says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I mean, you can really have a, a, a great outlook on, on, on any situation when your eyes are open and our eyes are opened by faith. This is a prayer. This is a prayer that you and I may end up praying several times throughout our lives or have to pray. It's, Lord... When we come up to situations, when we come up to, hey, what's the will of God here? Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes that I can see through faith, that I can see that, hey, the challenges, that I can see the problems, that I can see the opposition is nothing, is nothing for God. Boy, when He shows us that clearly, that vision, it's almost like a revelation where we can have peace no matter what we experience, no matter what we go through. You know, I thought of salvation. Would you all agree with me that salvation is an eye-opening experience? Amen. <laughs> I mean, wow. Think of what He does. You know, salvation, to, to, we believe that we receive Jesus Christ's free gift of salvation by grace through faith. And when we step out and take that step of faith toward Jesus Christ, you know what? Our faith becomes sight. When we engage that faith toward Jesus Christ and believe in really something that we can't see, our faith takes sight. You know, that's what we pray for other people for. When other folks, when we're praying for them to have a relationship with Christ, when we're praying for folks to experience what we've experienced through the free gift of salvation, isn't that what we're praying for? It's almost just like Elijah. 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 Where he says, uh, he says, open his eyes. Isn't that what we're praying for, Lord? Open their eyes so they can see the, 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 the 
blessing of salvation. Open their eyes, my family member, my friend, oh, my co-worker. Open their eyes. Lord, have the Holy Spirit draw them to yourself so that they can see. Because a lot of times, folks, when they don't... Have you ever tried to explain your salvation to someone? It's kind of like, you know, I prayed and then I felt the joy and I felt peace and they're just kind of looking at you, you know? Sometimes if you don't take that step of faith, you don't, you can't experience it. The best way to experience salvation is by happening, doing it. Receiving that free forgiveness. Faith, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the evidence, or is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so faith has evidence. Faith has substance. Take your Bibles. We're going to look at a little bit of Scripture here. 1 Corinthians. Two passages here in Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, and we'll start in chapter 1. We sang that song this morning. I saw the light. Isn't that kind of what it's like when, when you see Christ? Right. I'll tell you what, Paul the Apostle, he saw the light in the underrated road of Damascus. He was never the same. He was never the same. Jesus Christ said, I am the light of the world. Well, when we look on Jesus for who He really is, you know, what, you know what it is? You know what really looking on Jesus for who He is, really is? is when we look at Jesus Christ and say, you are the Son of God. You are God. The one that died for my sins. That light will just flood in. Darkness can't stay. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Begin reading in verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But to us which are saved, it is the power of God. You know, when you hear the gospel message, when you hear the preaching of the cross, you know what that does for us that are, that are walking in faith with Jesus Christ? It, it's like recharges your batteries. Sometimes folks say, well, if there's a, there's a great bunch of folks that don't know Christ as their Savior, that we could preach the gospel to them. But you know what I, I submit to you today? Preaching the gospel to the saved empowers us. I tell you, I don't know that there's there's a time that it would be uh, it, it couldn't help us to hear about the cross of Jesus Christ, to hear about Calvary, and to hear about how He did for us there. It is the power; it's, it empowers us to live our Christian life. It's really just the simplicity that is in Christ. He says in verse 19, "For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent." Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. You say preaching is foolishness. Yes, but it's ordained of God to to bring the lost to himself. He says, verse 23, For we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man. And the weakness of God is stronger than man. Isn't that true? The wisdom of God is just infinite. 
When you look out at His creation, what He can do, what He knows, just as we had the testimony already this morning, He, he knew us before the foundations of the world. He is all-knowing. His wisdom is great. Look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, just across the page there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 19. We're talking about how salvation begins to open our eyes to a whole new world, doesn't it? A whole new life. We begin to see things differently because of Christ. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. Isn't that a great promise for us? The wonderful, great things that God's prepared for us. He says, but, verse 10, God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Don't you think the Holy Spirit inside of us that we receive at salvation, isn't He an eye-opener? Doesn't He begin to reveal? You know what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit? That He's inside of us crying, Abba, Father. Isn't that eye-opening to know how much your Father loves you? And do you know how that is revealed to us? Through the Holy Spirit of God that He dwells us. He says, we're, we're able to see, we're able, those things are revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, all the deep things of God. Who better to teach us the deep things in the Scripture? Who better to teach us the deep things of God than the Holy Spirit? He says in verse 11, For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in man? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. How are we going to be revealed? How are our eyes going to be open to the things of God? Through the Spirit of God that's in us. He says, verse 12, Now ye, believers, Christians, now you have received not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit which is of God, that ye may know the things that are freely given to us of God. He begins to reveal to us, the Holy Spirit, the things that God has prepared for us, the things that God has given us. And let me say this, the Holy Spirit, He is an eye-opener. Boy, when you have you ever been reading your Bible, and I know you have, and, and just something jumped off the page, I mean, you may have even read it before, but the Spirit of God just reveals a promise to you. I mean, He says something. You say, well, that, you know, that Scripture there was a promise to Abraham, and that Scripture there was a promise to someone else. But boy, the Holy Spirit says, I'm promising that to you. And you hold that. You mark that verse in your Bible, and it's one that you'll never forget because it's burning in your heart because your eyes were opened the Holy Spirit can do that through the Scripture, and it's wonderful. <laughs> it's fun. Verse 13. Which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. By the way, our teacher is who? The Holy Ghost, right? Jesus said that. He said, hey, when He, uh, he said, hey, the Comforter is going to come, and He's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. Be dependent on the Holy Spirit for your teaching. Really depend on Him. Lean on Him for truth. He says, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14, but the natural man receiveth not 
the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. Have you ever heard someone say, uh, I, you know, I've read, I've read the Bible, I read the Bible, it just doesn't make any sense to me. You know what? You know what's missing? The teaching. The Spirit of God. Why does the natural man receive not the things the, uh, the Spirit of God? For they are foolishness on him. Neither can they know them because they spiritually discern. The first step of, of eye-opening opening the Scripture is what? Salvation. Believe on Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden... Things begin to be revealed. The Holy Spirit is able to begin to teach us and show us and guide us into all truth. Isn't that neat? You know, He begins to open our eyes of things like the church. Think about yourself, maybe, depending on when you've accepted Christ, you know, before your salvation and, and after. The, the church. How, how, how did that begin to be revealed to you what it was? The body of Christ. The bride of Christ, how precious that, that all the people that become, uh, we all become one body in Christ and the unity that should be that glorifies God in that. All believers worldwide in the body of Christ. Ephesians 5.30 says, for we are members of His body and of His flesh and of His bone. Isn't that interesting? You know, the Holy Spirit begins to reveal that to us. Think about atonement. And when we begin to think about what that means, that, hey, I know I'm a sinner. Hey, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, your sins were all forgiven. But, but somebody paid a price for them. Sin has to be paid for. And that's what atonement is. And at salvation, our eyes begin to be opened to what happened, what that meant. That, no... I didn't have to pay for my sin, but my sin had to be paid for. And Jesus Christ, through His body and through His blood, He paid for my sin. And our eyes begin to be open to that, and it begins to soften our heart, or it should. The grace of God and the love of God in our life. You know, the Trinity. I don't know that that's anything any, anyone can un- completely uh, uh, explain. But when you accept Christ and the Holy Spirit moves inside of you, you kind of just believe it. And just understand it in a, in a way that you, you're at peace with it. That, yeah, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are one. <clears throat> what I'm trying to get the point across is salvation begins to open up the mysteries that are in Christ Jesus. Those things that I've already talked about, the indwelling, the indwelling Christ. That indwelling spirit. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 17 says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of His glory. How is God going to make that known? He says that He wants to reveal to some folks, He wants to reveal to us the riches of His glory. Colossians 1.17 Of the mysteries among the Gentiles, which is, and here's His glory, here's what He's going to reveal, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Think about that. Christ in us. Christ in us. Back to what I was saying earlier. Have you ever tried to explain to someone Christ in you? <laughs> if, if they've not experienced it themselves, it's hard to explain, isn't it? The Holy Spirit in you, Christ in you, the joy that it brings, the, you know, the, even the feeling that it brings. I know we don't operate completely by feeling, it's by faith. 
But boy, I'm afraid that feeling, doesn't it? I mean, you can't, I've heard it said before, and I've said it here before, you can't have someone as big as God move inside and you not know it. I mean, it changes some things. It begins to bring some joy and some peace and some fruits of the Spirit. It's wonderful. These things begin to be open to us. The resurrection. The resurrection. I, I, I know that if you've received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you know if I were to come up to you, to you and ask, is death it for you? Is death the end for you? Deep down in your heart, you, you would know. No, that's not the end. Why? Because your eyes have been opened. The Holy Spirit's revealed to you that, hey, this isn't all there is. Death is not over for me. I, I, I believe that one day I'm going to rise up because Christ is in me and I'm in Christ and He is risen and I have life. I have the resurrection and the life living inside of me and so I believe in the resurrection. That's an eye-opening experience, isn't it? Paul says it's a mystery. The resurrection is a mystery. Paul said that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump will sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we'll be changed. This corruptible is going to put on incorruption, and mortal is going to put on immortality. And at the end of that, he says, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? He says it's been lost because of Jesus Christ and we have the hope of the resurrection. The Holy Spirit begins to reveal that. I believe that. I believe that. I believe that death is not the end for us. We have the hope of the resurrection. It's a real eye-opener. Salvation. How about when we begin to seek the Lord after salvation in our lives for our future? I believe that the Lord, and I know that the Lord has a purpose and a plan for each of us. From time to time, we have to figure that out, don't we? From time to time, we say, what do I do? What direction am I going? Lord, what's going on? And so when you get to those places of what do I do, like Elisha, pray. Pray. The Bible says in James, if any man lack wisdom, what? Let him ask of God who give it to all men liberally. I believe that we have to have vision or we have to have a vision for our future. The direction or destination that God's taking us, where we're going to go. You know, the vision is the direction that we're heading. The way that we're heading in our life. The Bible says without a vision, the people perish, right? So that the Lord wants us to know. He wants us to have a vision. Why? Because then we can live life on purpose. When we have a vision where, where we have a strategy, right? When you have a vision, then you say, well, if that's the de- destination, then I need to set some goals, right, to get there. I have to have some daily, weekly, yearly plan to draw close to Christ. I'm talking about being intentional to live the, the plan that God has for us. And sometimes that takes some praying, that takes some soul searching, that takes some seeking God to get the vision, to get the eyes open to what His purpose and plan is for us. We could all use some clarity, couldn't we, from time to time in raising our children, in in our careers, our business, our our family, life decisions, just every from time to time we're going to need some clarity of what, what way to go, what to do. 
I believe that God can give us that clarity if we're intentional about it. Uh, last week, uh, when we were in Montana, we were talking about uh, how, how we could leave a legacy. And uh, I used this thing I got out of a book from, uh, uh, it's called Entree Leader by uh, Dave Ramsey. And I uh, got this out of, out of his book. I got a lot out of this. It's called The Momentum Theorem. And so he says that if you have focus, intensity over time with God, that equals momentum. He talks about momentum in your life, how God can multiply our efforts. God can come in and he can, you know, just like a, a farmer sows seed and does all that they can do, tills the ground, but we need God, right, to bring the rain, right? We need God to bring the rain, and then what happens? There's a huge multiplication. I don't know what it is, but one grain or kernel of corn, you know, brings a stock. I don't know how many, what the return on that is, but it's 700. That's huge. Think about that. 700 from one. That, you know what that is? That is momentum. When God gets there and blesses it. And so when we're talking about our vision, we have to be what? Focused. You know what focused is? That's, that's setting the priorities. Saying, Lord, what is it that is important? Lord, what is it that you want me to focus on? What direction? I mean, I have. we all have the same amount of hours in the day, right? And so, Lord, where is it that, that you want me to put those hours and those time and on what? And then do it with intensity, that focused intensity, right? But nothing happens overnight. We're not going to have fruitfulness. We're not going to grow. We're not going to... We're not going to uh, uh, have anything that's worth anything just quickly, right? So we have to focus intent with intensity over what? A period of time. There's time in that. Time involved in what we're striving for and what we're going for. We can't be discouraged quickly. We can't say, well, I've you know, focused on this for a short amount of time and I didn't see any results. We have to understand that there's a time element in it. And give it that patience to see the fruitfulness in our life. And then we have to have God. God's the one that's the multiplier. We have to seek God and depend on God. But don't you agree that there is like a co-laborer with Christ? That when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, boy, that's an eye-opening experience. But would not you agree that we have to be intentional to grow? I mean, He just doesn't. He, he doesn't just do it all for us. He expects us to draw nigh to Him. He expects us to seek Him. He expects us to, to search after Him like the Proverbs say, like hid treasures. Focused intensity over time with God equals what? Momentum. And when God gives us momentum, when God multiplies, and we stand back and folks say, wow, look at the fruit in your life. Look what God's done. You know what we say? Oh, no. Oh, no, no. That was all God. That was all God that multiplied. That was all God that did. I thought that was helpful to me. I had to think about that. Hey, when we're focusing on something, sometimes it may seem small, but there's nothing small. There's nothing small in the sight of God. If it's worth, if it's worth doing, it's worth focusing on. It's worth being uh, intentional and having some intensity in it. He opens our eyes. He opens our eyes to truth. Truth is part of our sanctification process. That's, that's part of the, the, the reason we're still here is the Lord's working on us and, and drawing us, making us into the image of Christ. 
that transformation that happens. And how does that happen? It happens through truth. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Turn to Proverbs chapter 8. I just mentioned this, but... Proverbs chapter 8. Begin reading in verse 4. He's talking about wisdom here. He says, Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O you simple, understand wisdom, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my mouth, uh, opening my lips shall be right things. Talking about wisdom. Verse 7, For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness, and there is nothing forward or perverse in them. They are all plain to him that understandeth, and write to them that find knowledge. Receive my instruction, and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. He says, hey, wisdom is more valuable than gold. Wisdom is more valuable than silver. Look at verse 11. For wisdom is better than rubies. And all the things that may be desired are not to be compared unto it. You know what he's saying? Hey, the wisdom that God can give, the wisdom that He can open up to us through the Word of God, through the Holy Spirit inside of us, those things are better than treasure. Those things are better than rubies. So, this week, let's go treasure hunting. Go looking for treasure in the Word of God. Saying, hey, God, show me. Enlighten me. Open my eyes. You know when he does that, it's like it's like a revelation, isn't it? Just like he shows you some truth, when he shows you some direction, it's like it wasn't clear, and then all of a sudden it is clear. The direction, what he wants us to do, the way he wants us to go, what he'd have us to do. The Holy Spirit revealing those mysteries which are in Christ. It's fun. This week, let's allow, let's seek, let's seek the Holy Spirit to teach us, to guide us, to instruct us. The Bible says in Proverbs 9, 9, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. In other words, let's have a teachable spirit when we're opening the Scripture. When we get alone with God, I, I would say it would probably be a good idea just to say, Lord, teach me. Have, have a prayer before we even read our Bibles, saying, Lord, lead me into, into truth here. Teach me something. And then expect it. And then wait for it. Wait for the truth. Wait for the revelation. Wait for Him to begin to reveal and open our eyes. Because He will. I believe He will. I believe you will. I think it's worth it. I think spending time with the Lord, searching the Scriptures like hid treasures is, is time well spent. I think focused intensity on that is, is uh, worthwhile. It brings forth good fruit. So in closing, what is it today that we need some clarity on? What is it today that we want the, the direction, the will of God, the way to go? You say, what do I do? Don't get so... Uh, stressed about it, just ask. It, it may be just as simple as, as Elisha and a prayer. Lord, open my eyes. I believe 
I believe that this is how it is. I, don't, I think our loving Father wants us to go the right way and He wants us to be on the right path. And so I think that if we just acknowledge Him in all, I, all our ways, He will direct our path. I think that's a promise, right? I so, Lord, I want Your will. I want Your path. Lord, show me some clarity. And then believe and trust that He will. Because it's a promise. And He's not slack concerning His promises. What is it? Maybe our vision of our future. Maybe you say, hey, our family, we don't have a clear vision. Uh, Maybe it's time to say, hey, let's get together and say, Lord, what is the vision? What is the purpose so that we can have some some goals, some strategies that we can focus on intensely over time and then see the benefits of it? Maybe it's getting in the Bible and growing in truth, growing in doctrine, just seeking the Lord for, for His wisdom. If we do these things, if we seek the Lord and see His vision, focus on it over time, God will bring the increase, won't He? He will begin to multiply. If we do that, if we're intentional over it, over long periods of time, and be able to look back and say, wow, God, You have brought growth to my life. There is fruitfulness because of Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before You, and God, we ask You for a vision. Lord, I ask You for a vision for this church. Lord, for each of us in our own personal lives, for each family that's represented here, Lord, I pray that you bring clarity to our future. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit inside of us that opens our eyes to truth, the, 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 the great blessings and the riches in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you for that. Help us to be dependent on the Holy Spirit this week. Lord, help us as a group of people to get in the Word of God and search it like hid treasures. God, we thank you for the scripture. We thank you for your spirit. Lord, we thank you for the son that gave us life. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.